Uh, if you've been coming to Mosaic for a while, you know I've this, I'm about to do something I don't think I've ever done, but as we were worshiping, I felt so strongly that the Lord spoke to me that there's someone here in this room, I don't know if it's your first time or you've been coming just for a little bit, and the enemy's telling you this is not for you, that these people are not like you and you're different because if they only knew what you did, then you, they wouldn't want you here. I came to here. I want to tell you that the devil is a liar, and this is the place for you. God brought you here. And if you're here and you're like, well, I'm too jacked up to be here, let me tell you, this is the most jacked up church in Greeley, pastored by the most jacked up pastor in Greeley, led by the most jacked up trustees and staff. We are the church of the jacked up for the jacked up, and God brought you here because he's going to change your life. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I, I, I feel so strongly, Lord, that you're in this room, and you're speaking to us, Lord, and, you're, and, and I don't know who I'm talking to, Lord, but you do. Would you wrap your arms around every person here and remind them that you desperately love them, that the devil is lying, and that you have a plan and a purpose for them, and that this, is, this place is for them. I pray now that you would speak to us through your word, that you would change our hearts and start with mine. We don't want to leave you the same way we got here, God, so make us more like you. Your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This is Bob Beeman. In, on October 18, 1968, he was representing the United States as a long jumper at the uh, Olympic Games in Mexico City. When you, when you compete in the long jump, you get three tries. And so Bob took off and he wanted to get his foot as close as he could to the line uh, so he could get the maximum distance with his jump. And so on his very first attempt, he actually stepped over the line. On his second attempt, he took off again, trying to get as close as he could to the line. This time, he stepped on the line, so he fouled twice. He had one more chance, and he'd be disqualified from the Olympics. Now, Bob had been training for this for four years, but he'd been really training his whole life. His dream had always been to, live, to win an Olympic gold medal. So he was discouraged. He was frustrated. Didn't know what he was going to do. His friend, Ralph Boston, was there. Ralph had won this same event, won the gold medal at the Rome Olympics four years prior. And so Ralph pulled Bob aside before his final attempt. He said, take off early. You have room to spare. Give up two inches on the front and you'll gain two feet when you land. Your legs have never been as strong as they are right now. At this moment, your body weighs nothing. Your mind has wings. Use them. Fly up and fly out. Bob's friend spoke life into him. So what happened? We'll come back to that in a second. We're starting a new series today, and we're going to be looking over the next few weeks at three short phrases and the power that they have in our lives. Those phrases are please, sorry, and thank you. As a matter of fact, today what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about the power of our words. So take a minute, look at your neighbor, and tell them, with an extra hour of sleep, you look pretty good. Go ahead and tell them that right now. How many were still late to church today, even though you, you look at that? Yes, I know my people, man. <laughs> On average, we open our mouths 700 times a day to talk, to say something. Some talk less, some talk more, some talk a lot more. Raise your hand if you're next to one of those a lot mores. All right, point at them just so we know who to avoid after church. Okay. A lot of the problems that we have in our lives, 
They start right here with the things we say. When we say something we shouldn't say, when we gossip, when we make a promise we can't keep, when we don't have all the facts and we say something anyway, sometimes people are even like, well, I say the truth. And if they can't handle it, that's their problem. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Okay, let me help everybody around you. Nobody likes you when you do that, okay? Just because it's true doesn't mean it's kind, doesn't mean it's the right time to say it. So there was this parrot, and uh, his owner would put him outside in front of his pet shop every day. And this parrot was mean. And so one day, a lady's walking by on her way to work, and the parrot says, hey, lady, you're ugly. She got a little mad and offended, and she just kept walking, forgot about it. On her way home, she's walking by this same parrot, and the parrot says, hey, lady, you're one of the ugliest women I've ever been forced to look at. And she got so upset. She walked inside that pet store. She's an attorney. She said, I will sue you. I will own this whole place. I will shut this place down if you don't deal with that parrot. So the owner walks out, talks to the parrot. His name was Larry. He says, Larry, I am sick of your mouth. You better stop saying that stuff to people. If you, say, if you tell that lady she's ugly one more time, I'm going to cook you for dinner tonight. Larry said, fine. Even did that. The next day, Larry's out in front, and the lady starts walking by, and Larry's biting his lips. I don't know if parrots have lips, but for this story, they have them. And so he's biting his lips. He wants to say something so bad, but he doesn't, he doesn't. Finally, she walks past him, and he goes, hey, lady. And she turns around, and he goes, you know. <laughs> Most of the problems we have in our lives, we've brought on ourselves right here, right? It's by something we said. We, we couldn't stop ourselves. We said something. Uh, the Bible gives us examples of people who have spoken too soon or made promises that they shouldn't have and the results that it left them. These, these stories are given to us as warnings that we shouldn't do the same thing. The first story we're going to look at is a story of a guy named Jephthah. Jephthah is leading the Israel ar ar Israelite army into war and he wants to win, so he, he makes this promise to God. This is what he says. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. If you give the Ammonites into my hands, whatever comes out of the door of my house when, to meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So Jephthah's emotional. He wants to win this battle. So he tells God, look, whatever walks out first. Now, uh, in this time, they would, it was very common practice for them to keep all of their livestock, all of their animals in the house during the night so that they would protect them, so they wouldn't wander off. So Jephthah makes this promise, and he's doing one of those, God, if you do this, I'll do this. Have you ever done that? God, if you do this, I promise I'll serve you. God, if you give me this job, I promise I'll tithe. God, if you give me this woman, I promise I'll bring her to church. If you give me this donut, I promise I'll work out. Okay, tomorrow, right? Okay. So Jephthah makes this promise, God, if you do this, I will do this. And he's probably imagining it's going to be a sheep or maybe he's probably hoping it's going to be his wife's cat. You know what I mean? And so, sorry, uh, didn't know there was that many cat lovers here. Okay. So Jephthah makes this promise. He goes to war. This is what happens. Jephthah went over to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gave them into his hands. So he won. He was victorious. When Jephthah returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter, dancing to the sound of tambourines? She was an only child except for her. He had neither son or daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes 
and cried. Jephthah makes this promise this, with his mouth that he never should have made. What's really incredible is his daughter, when she hears about what he promised, she says, Dad, you made a promise to the Lord. You need to do it. And Jephthah follows through on the promise he made to the Lord. That's a whole other sermon. But he got himself in trouble with his mouth. The second person that spoke too soon was King Herod Antipas. Now, King Herod was married to a woman named Herodias, who had a daughter named Salome from a previous marriage. So Herod and Herodias were not always married, but she was his brother's wife. So she was Herod's side piece. You know what I mean? You know what I mean by side piece? If you don't know what side piece means, just ask Ben after church and he'll explain it to you, okay? So, so he's having an affair with his brother's wife, and then he marries her. So now he's married to Herodias. His stepdaughter is now is Salome. But John the Baptist, who proclaimed Christ, would tell, they were friends, and he would tell him, what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is a sin. God, you need to stop doing that. You shouldn't be married to her. So Herodias, the side piece, hated Herod. This is what happened. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what should I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. So Herod, because he spoke too soon, had be, he, he had made an oath in front of all of his, his friends, all of his, uh, his staff. He has, to, he has to, to behead his friend, someone he respected and admired, John the Baptist, all because he spoke too soon. Jesus' brother James talks about this, about what we do with our mouth. Did you know that Jesus had brothers? Did you know that he had little brothers? Could you imagine being Jesus' little brother? Why can't you be more like Jesus? Like... <laughs> Anyway, all right. You'll get that later. Oh, gee, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what Jesus' brother James says. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So he says, everyone should be slow to speak. When you're offended, you should be slow to speak. Now, in the movie The Sandlot, Hamilton, the babe porter, insults another 12-year-old boy in the, with the worst diss, the worst insult that one 12-year-old boy could give another 12-year-old boy. This is the, the insult. You play ball like a girl! That's about as bad as it gets. So if Hamilton was trying to obey James, does it mean that he says it like this? That's not what slow to speak means. Have you ever got so mad at someone that you didn't say anything, you're just like, you know what I mean? So if you're being, if you're trying to be slow to speak, does it mean that you do this? Isn't that weird? If this is your first time here, I've never been to a church like this either. All right? So just welcome. We're just, yeah, okay. Welcome to Mosaic. All right. It's not 
it's not just saying what you have on your mind slowly, but it's having the mind of Christ and thinking about what you're going to say. There's an old saying, sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never. That's not true, is it? Because we all have a memory at least one time when someone said something to us and, and, and it hurt us or it stole our confidence, it wounded our trust, it, it made us feel small or it just ruined our day. And I hope you also have uh, examples in your mind, memories where someone said something that built you up, that made you feel good. Like maybe you're at work and someone says, man, have you been working out? Have you lost weight? And you're like, well, now, now you're like, well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I worked out last month. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if you're one of those people that if someone says, have you gained weight and you're happy? We hate you, by the way, right? All the rest of us hate you. If you're trying to gain weight, we hate you. Anyway, see, I just used my word. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> words that heal and words that build us up, we remember those because they're few and far between. They're often hard to come by. James says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. This skill is so rare because oftentimes we're only listening, waiting for our chance to talk. You ever been around someone that talks over you? Do you like talking to them? You're like, you know what? Go ahead. You just go ahead. I'll just sit here quietly. Instead of that, let's choose our words well. Proverbs says, reckless words pierce like a sword. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Sometimes we mean well when we say our words, when we talk. We mean well, we're trying to help, but it doesn't come out good. Instead, it comes out stabbing like a sword. I had a, a pastor friend of mine who was wrestling with some depression, some anxiety, and so he went to see a doctor about it. And this was a few years ago, and uh, some, of, some of his friends says, you know what? You, you just need to rebuke that spirit of depression. You just need to tell it to leave you. You don't let Satan steal your joy. If you just prayed more, let me, let, those, there might be some truth in what they were saying, but their words were reckless, and it pierced him, and it hurt him, made him feel like he didn't have enough faith. I want to be very clear. If, if your doctor's telling you that you should have, take anxiety or depression medication, I'll be the first to say, take it. See, all we really are is a bag of chemicals, and if your serotonin levels get off or, or your dopamine levels get off, then you might need something to help you. So if they give it to you, take it. What happens oftentimes is people will start taking it, and then they go, I don't need it anymore. I'm good. Well, the reason you feel good is because you're, you're taking it. You see that? So don't stop taking it until your doctor tells you to stop taking it. Finding the right words, having a tongue that is full of wisdom, being slow to speak, requires patience. Does anybody else struggle with patience? I'm going to save you a rough road. Ready? Don't ever say, God, give me patience. That's the stupidest prayer anybody could ever pray. And I'm telling you from experience, I said, God, give me patience. Help me to be more patient. I thought God would just be like, and then I'd be more patient. Doesn't work that way. What he does is he gives you opportunities to be patient. Terrible. I prayed this, and then I went to Walgreens to pick up a prescription. I'm walking up to the counter, and there was a lady walking kind of at an angle. And she was, I'm going to guess she was around 80. I could have beat her. You know what I mean? Like I could have just, I could have. And I thought about it. But I had a mosaic shirt on. Uh, okay, go, go ahead, go ahead. 
She walks up to the counter. I'm telling you a true story. She walks up to the counter. There's only one person working. She was also about 80. As it turned out, they knew each other, and they hadn't seen each other since high school. You could imagine. After a few minutes, I'm standing there. I'm just like, smoke is coming out of my shirt. Like, God, what is going on? And then I remembered that dumb prayer I prayed, right? Patience. We would go to restaurants. I would say, Diane, you want to go to a restaurant? She'd say, no, I don't want to. I don't want to go with you. Why? Because our food would always be the last. Have you ever sat down and the person next to you that sat down after you got their food and finished eating and you're still, that happened to us over and over. I remember I went to Walmart. I got in line, standing there, and it was a self-check. And the person in front of me, I'm pretty sure had never seen a computer before. They're like, what is this laser? You know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh, God. I remembered patience. God was building something in me. Let's not despise that stuff when God does it because he's teaching us something. Instead, I, would just, I started to learn to just laugh. When I, when I sit now at a stoplight, have you ever had it rotate and it goes all the way around but you got skipped? I just laugh. I say, okay, I got you. Yeah, I'm not going to get mad. I'm going to pass this test. <laughs> Learning how to be patient and control our tongues is so important, not just to you, but to the people around you, the people that you say you love. Because really, they're the ones that get the worst of us, right? We, we're just short with them because they have to, because they have to deal with it because they're, they're, they're part of our family. There, there was this little girl. She was eight years old. Her name's Susie. She brought home a report card, and her grades were mostly, they were all good A's and B's. But her teacher written something on the back. She wrote, Susie is a very smart little girl, but she has one fault. She talks too much in class. And when she gets upset, she always says the wrong thing, and it gets herself, and it gets others in trouble. I have an idea I'm going to try on her, which I think may break her of this habit. The mom signed the report card, and she wrote her note back. Please let me know if your idea works on Susie, because I want to try it out on her father. Sometimes we get a reputation for speaking negatively. So Ikea, in 2018, did an experiment. They took two of these plants, identical plants. They put them side by side, about 10 feet apart, in two glass boxes. They gave them the same amount of water, same amount of sunlight, and the same amount of uh, nutrition. But in one, one glass box, there was a small speaker and they did this at a school. They had students say words into a recorder, and then it played those words. So in one box, it said things like, you're a beautiful plant. You're growing. You're turning green. You look great. In the other box, it said things like, you're so ugly. You're, 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 I can see you're withering already. You're not even green. They, they just tried this for 30 days. So in one, one box... The plant was being complimented 24 hours a day. In the other box, the plant is being bullied. This is what happened. I think it's an excellent project to have something tangible that it can actually physically be a part of is, I think, going to be very powerful. I started noticing that the one that was being bullied uh, started kind of to droop. Well, the plant that was being complimented, it was, it was flourishing and 
beautiful. It's raised the profile massively of different forms of bullying and the effects that bullying can have on people. If it affects a plant, it can definitely affect other people. That little girl said a mouthful. If it can work on a plant, it can work on people. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that, I, I, I didn't believe it when I read it, so I researched it. Sure enough, they really did this, and those are the real results. So if this kind of work can bring a plant to life or can suffocate it and crush it, how much more important are our words to our kids, to our spouse, to our friends, to our, the people around us, the people that we say we love. I, I shared this picture with a UNC student when I was writing this at the coffee shop, and she said something I hadn't thought of. She goes, what about the words we say to ourselves? Did you know that you believe your voice over every other voice? That whatever you, your brain hears your voice say, you believe it as fact? So if you say, I'm so stupid, I can't do this, I'll never get this right, your brain believes you, takes that as fact, and acts accordingly. But if you say, I'm getting smarter, I can do this, I will get this right, your brain believes you and acts accordingly. The power of life and death is in our tongue, and the tongue of the wise brings healing. So when I was writing this, I thought it, was, it reminded me of something that I always say. Whenever anybody asks me if I want to go play golf, I always say this because it's true. I say, I'm the worst golfer I've ever played with because I, I really am terrible, right? And then I said, you know what? I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm the Mexican Tiger Woods. I'm el Tigre Madera. ¿Me entiendes? Let's go. You want to play golf? Let's go play golf. All right. What if you were known in your circle as the person that, whose words bring life and healing? What if everybody knew that if they just spent a little bit of time around you, that you would build them up and speak life into them. What if whenever someone saw a mosaic cross sticker, they said, the people from that church are different? Because when you talk to them, you feel better. You feel healed. Because I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. I've been around a few churches and a few Christians. I don't like to talk about other churches because I love every church, and we try and do our very best to build the body of Christ here in Greeley. We resource other churches. We pray for other churches. We celebrate other churches. We give money to other churches sometimes. So I'm about the, the local church. But have you ever been around a group of Christians that when they talked, it did not bring life or healing? I do not want to be that church. I want to be that church that says, God has a plan for you. God will lift you up. God is going to help you. Remember what Bob's friend told him? He said, take off early. You have room to spare. Give up two inches on the front and you'll gain two feet when you land. Your legs have never been as strong as they are right now. At this moment, your body weighs nothing. Your mind has wings. Use them, fly up, and fly out. So Bob listened, and then he took off for his third attempt. He took 19 long strides, and then he planted his foot two feet behind the line, and he took off. He gave it all he had. The whole thing took six seconds but it took 20 minutes for them to measure where he landed because he outjumped the electronic measuring device in the sand pit. So they had to go get an old uh, school tape measure. They measured it. They could not believe what they saw. The world record at that time was 27 feet, four and three quarter inches. That record had been broken only 13 times in 100 years. On average, it was broken by two and a half inches every time. Bob didn't break the record by two and a half inches. 
he broke it by almost two feet. He jumped 29 feet, two and one half inches. So to give you an idea of how far he jumped, I measured it on the stage. It would be like he ran and took off here and landed here. He said, Bob said, Ralph's words were like wings underneath my feet. If someone can speak that kind of life to someone who's trying to jump over some sand, what could God use you to do to speak life to someone who's struggling, who's going through a divorce, who's going through a different, difficult time with their kids, who's going through a difficult med medical time? What could God use you to bring life and healing to those around you? Let's pray. Father, this morning we pray that we would be people of healing words. That when we speak, God, we would speak life to the people around us. Life to the people that we love. And life to the people that we don't love. I pray, Lord, that we would be slow to speak. That we would think about what we're going to say. And that we would allow you to speak through us. Because everything you say, Lord, is life. So, Lord, would you speak through us this week, Lord? Give us an opportunity to speak to somebody who's struggling, who's hurting, who's far from you. And I pray, Father, that you would put the words in our mouths so that we could be like Bob's friend and put wings underneath them, Lord, and speak life and healing to them. Use us, Lord. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand and sing this last chorus one more time? So, yes, I will lift you high. In the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. You know, just like Angel said today, words are powerful. They hold weight in our lives. And so they have the power of life and death in them. And so I think some of you walked into the church today feeling like death, maybe because of words either spoken to you or words that you've spoken to yourself. We here at Mosaic, we're here the only reason we're here is to connect people to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. And so today we're going to use the power of words to do just that. We're not going to say what we say isn't magical, the words in and of themselves, but it's actually your heart behind them. And so I'm going to ask that you just say these words right now and believe in your heart that God is doing something in you. If you would just all bow your heads and close your eyes right now. God, I thank you for loving me and sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Forgive me for every wrong thing I've ever did or said. I ask that you come into my heart and bring life. To make, today I make a decision to give you access
to every area of my life. Help me to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time today, I want to say congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. Today is just the beginning. If you would take out your smartphone and just scan this QR code that's up here, and if you would just click on New Believer, um, we just want to send you something in the mail just to help you on your salvation, your faith journey. Um, with that, you can go ahead and take a seat. We have some awesome events coming up this next month. We are going to be having a Christmas choir. So if you've thought about singing, maybe you like to sing in the shower, this is your time to join the choir. So we are going to be having auditions tomorrow from 6 to 7 p.m. You just need to go to the info area. There's going to be a QR code there. Just scan that and um, come tomorrow at 6 to 7. We are also going to be having baptisms. If you have never been baptized and you, you're feeling that pumping in your heart, I think that's God saying, hey, it's, it's time. So we are having baptisms next Sunday on the 12th. If you wanna just go to the website, sign up there, or if you go to the info center, they can lead you in uh, signing up for our baptisms. Now, if you have been new to Mosaic, or you just have never come to our Discover Mosaic class, I highly recommend it. It is such a great time just to learn about Mosaic Church, what we believe, and how you can get involved. So if you've never attended this class, come. It's going to be November 19th. You can sign up at the Info Center. Uh, you could actually sign up, which is good. Um, or you can sign up on our website. And it is just a good time just to know what we believe and how you can get involved. And last but not least, we are having an amazing event this November 30th. Ladies, are you in the house? Woohoo! We are having our Christmas refresh event. So we are going to come, have a good time, wear our pajamas. It's gonna be so fun. Look out for more information coming up in the next month, okay? Um, so with that, we're going to continue our worship with our tithes and offering. Honestly, I love this time of the service because it is one way that we can physically show God how much we love him. And so Mosaic is just a blessing. We are a giving church. We are a church that loves to give. This coming month, we're going to start um, promoting different ways how we can make a difference in our community with um, We've adopted a school. We are going to be sponsoring people at Joe P. We are also going to start doing stuff for the orphanages in Mexico. And so we are only able to do these things through your continued giving and your continued support. And so I just encourage you just to be faithful in your giving. If you'd like to give this morning, you can give um, in person. There's a little black box in the foyer area where you can put your tithe and offering. You can give online at greedymosaic.com. You can text any amount to 84321, or you can give on the Church Center app. So I'm going to just pray over this morning's tithe and offering. And then also after service, if you would like more prayer, we are going to have our prayer team up here in the front. Dear God, I just, I thank you. I thank you for your church that loves to give, that is just a generous church. I pray, Lord God, that you would just 
use our tithe and offering just to bless our community, just to spread your word, that people would come to know you and come to know your saving grace. And I just pray right now, Father God, that you would just remind us that our words are powerful and that as we step out into our community, that we would give words of life to every person that we run into. Help our words be rhema, be living life to those around us, God. Use us to make a difference in our community. We love you, Father, and we praise you today. Amen. We love you, Mosaic. We'll see you next week.